Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Here we have God coming to Adam after he had sinned and was hiding with Eve from God. God didn't say, Adam, where's God? Rather, he said, Adam, where are you? It was not the fact that Adam, or that God did not know where Adam was. God knows all things. He's all-knowing. He wanted Adam to come to the realization of where he was. And what does Adam say? I heard the sound of you. Then Adam gets honest with God. Well, I was afraid. And now that I see where I'm really at, I'm naked. Which means I'm ashamed where I'm at. I'm embarrassed. I'm fearful. I feel guilty, Lord. I am to blame. Oh, no, no, wait. Eve is to blame. And Eve says the serpent is to blame. And through all this blaming and disobedience, notice that Adam and Eve never lost their conversational relationship with God. They may have been expelled from the garden to take on a new responsibility and task, but they were never expelled from the presence of God. See, God is always pursuing us to have a renewed relationship with him. But too many times in my life and possibly yours, God is calling just like he did with Adam saying, where are you? So why would God be calling out, where are you? Why would he do that to us when he knows exactly where we are? Because he knows we are not where he wants us to be on the journey he has planned for us. We love this verse, and for many, it's a life verse. Jeremiah 29, 11. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. But if you look at verse 13, It says, when you search for me, you will find me if you search for me with all your heart. Sometimes in my life, I've done a lot of hoping for that great future God has for me. But there have been times when I did not do enough searching with all my heart to find if God is still on the same journey I'm on. And how does that happen? We know God has saved us and has promised to be with us, but there are times on our journey where what we're on, where we have stopped and haven't kept in step with Lord. Or we've run at the head of the Lord, thinking we know the path that he has for us. So what does Jesus teach us to ensure we stay on the journey he has planned for us? so we won't feel burdened, weary, and lose our way in life. 
but most of all, stay in step with him. We go to Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, the yoke that Jesus was referring to was this heavy wooden harness that fit on the shoulders of two oxen hitched up to a plow. And the oxen would have to be broken in. So the farmers would pair up a young oxen who may be strong and, but not very familiar with wearing a yoke or pulling the plow. And he would pair him up with a mature, well-trained ox who would teach the inexperienced ox how to wear the yoke loosely and lightly. And the mature ox would pull the burden of the weight and the uh, end of the plow. And it could train the ox to pull slow and steady and straight ahead rather than wandering off. So one thing about being a disciple of Jesus is that you have to be with him to learn from him. He is the picture of the mature ox we need to be hitched to. Now, why did Jesus use the word picture of a yoke? Well, in Jesus' day, a rabbi's teaching was called a yoke. And this teaching yoke of the religious scholars and priests was an endless list of laws and rules and traditions and expectations that no one could live up to. So Jesus offered to free the people from this yoke of legalism and says to us who say we want to follow Jesus, come, lay down your heavy burdens, receive my love that is gentle, rest with me, take it easy, as you work in my power. Trouble is, many times <laughs> we want the easy part, but not the yoke part in our journey with Jesus. You see, yokes are binding, and they're for doing hard work. Sometimes we see others coasting along in life, and, and we say, ah, I wouldn't mind their yoke. It seems easy. I could handle that yoke. But Jesus tells us in John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Do you trust him to know you intimately? Because Jesus adapts his yoke according to your needs, so you don't compare yourself to other people. He has a yoke custom-built for you and for me, and it's perfectly sized for our personality and our needs. But you say, Lord, your yoke isn't easy. It's hard, and it's heavy, and I'm just worn out to trying to please you. I'm worn out from trying to love my family and my kids and love other people. I'm worn out from trying to do the job that I have. I'm overwhelmed with responsibility, financial pressures, loneliness, trying to serve you the best I can. Lord, it's draining me, Lord. 
If you feel that way at times, like I have felt, or for that time, maybe you're feeling that all the time, you need to re-examine the yoke you've put on because it certainly isn't Jesus' yoke because his yoke is restful for our souls. And there is another yoke that's found in Galatians 5, verse 1. For freedom in Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So what is this yoke of slavery? Well, it's where we're placing our affections. When I was younger, I was yoked with the idol of being successful in my profession, making enough money to support my large family, yoked with being involved in things that made me feel needed and admired, and yoked with doing in volunteer areas and doing for the church, and yoked with trying to be all things to all people. It was draining. And some of you may be yoked to trying to please a spouse, your children, yoked engaging in gossip, yoked with pornography, addictions, acceptable addictions, hooked on sports, showing the world on Facebook how wonderful your life is, yoked with concern for your wealth or your lack of it, or what you have or what you don't have, yoked with computer games, hobbies, entertainment, volunteering that takes excessive amount of your hours. Eventually, these proved to be unsatisfying yokes. The only yokes that will bring true joy to your life and my life are those that go with intimacy with Jesus. When we are truly yoked to the Lord, then all our other desires and endeavors, how good they may be, will be rightly ordered as expressions of our love for God. Attached to Christ, we are set free. You see, Jesus' yoke is a grace yoke. We've been taught that grace is unmerited favor, which is true, but that doesn't help us in relating to our life today in the here and now. We get saved by grace, but in many instances, I think we get paralyzed by grace. We think all we need to do is go to church and have good doctrine and read the Bible and say our prayers. And, and these standard Christian activities are all good, but they do not reliably transform us to be more like Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is not like some cosmic car wash that buffs us up into Christ-likeness. And God doesn't leap off the pages of our Bible and make us to be loving disciples of Jesus. We limit God's grace by, to our need for forgiveness for our sins so we can go to heaven when we die, and that's essential. Of course, we know that. But grace is much more than that. It is for all our life. Grace is God acting in our lives to accomplish what we cannot do on our own. Let me repeat that. Grace is God acting in our lives to accomplish what we cannot do on our own. And that is why Jesus tells us to take 
his yoke upon us. He wants us to have that yoke with him daily, moment by moment. A verse I like to quote a lot that Jesus said is found in John 15, 5. And he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. But it is also true that if we do nothing, it'll be apart from Jesus. You see, God's grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Earning is that attitude of pride and self-sufficiency that I can do it all, but effort is us taking appropriate action in our lives. And that action that we Christians do is to put on Jesus' grace yoke he has for us personally, daily, so we can learn from him by walking with him and working with him as we go through life. We are to be walking with him step by step as we plow the individual field he has particularly for us at this point of time in history. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Instead of trying harder and pushing to make things happen, make things happen for ourselves, we need to practice the presence of God with us, yoked to us, listening as we walk step by step with Him. You say, but yeah, I try and do that, but I still bump up against hard things and unfair things. And that's true. We all do. Jesus did not say that his easy yoke is an easy life. It is rather an easy way to do the hard things we face in life. Looking over my life, I know there were times when I knew I had Jesus' yoke on me. Some very difficult situations where Jesus guided, directed, took the burden that I knew I could not handle and urged me to keep on plowing. But I'm sad to tell you, there were too many times where due to my pride and self-will, I took on a yoke of slavery and it not only took me on tougher paths, but it also affected my family and those God gave me to love. For someone who in high school was considered the least likely to ever be married, God sent me to Sarnia to meet Nancy. And we had five kids who are all grown and they love us and and they've given us 10 of the best grandchildren. There's some grandparents here that will argue with that. I especially wanted them to know their dad blew it many times when I was wearing the wrong yoke from time to time and not practicing the presence of God every day. So I wrote them, and I told them what God had prompted me to write. I wish I had listened more than I talked. I wish I had concentrated on being more present than being the provider. 
I wish I had been more satisfied rather than striving. You can only get those realizations about yourself when you put on Jesus' yoke, practicing his presence. Paul tells us in Ephesians, be renewed in the spirit of your minds and clothe yourselves with the new self created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Just like you can't run a marathon without practicing, we can't become all God wants us to be for our lives in the here and now without practicing his presence. Hebrews actually calls it a race in Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and that means those that have faithfully gone before us, some of the great writers, Christian writers from past times are Christians that have helped form you. Let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, keeping our eyes ever on him, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, Jesus has pioneered a way for believers through the uncharted territory of the world we are journeying in. And he perfects our faith as we choose to follow him by taking his yoke that he has crafted specifically for each of us upon ourselves. So, how do we exactly practice this presence of God, making sure we have taken Jesus' grace yoke upon us daily? There's dozens and dozens of ways that we can practice his presence, but I want to give you some practical ones Some of these, I think, are essential. Slow down your life to cultivate a deep personal relationship with Jesus. Eliminate distractions and hurry that become routine in our lives. Identify what you're feeling inside yourself and tell Jesus. He knows what you're feeling. and He wants you to speak to him about it so he can show his passion, and love. Meditate on Scripture. Don't just read it. Do a thoughtful and slow reading and pondering, seeing what God's trying to speak to you about. Memorize some Scripture for recall. You know, sometimes you only hear Psalm 23 at funerals. Psalm 23 is for every day. Memorize that Psalm and repeat it regularly. There's so many other scriptures. Pray before acting. Pray as you walk. Pray for those who pass, you pass on the street. The idea of ever-present prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. I have two dogs, and when we take the dogs for a walk, I, I'll see people that we pass by or people that I see, and, and I pray for them. It's in my mind saying, Lord, I don't know what their needs are, but Lord, can you be especially present to them? When you become anxious or overwhelmed, stop 
and ask God to help you refocus. Practice being content and free from the approval of others. Spend time in solitude and silence, undistracted in God's presence. If you have a friendship with God, it can't be a one-way friendship where you're doing all the talking and no listening. That's what silence and solitude do, where we sit in His presence and just let His love sit on us and have Him prompt us and direct us. Practice Sabbath-keeping. I won't say much about that. I hear someone's going to preach on that this summer. That's great. Reject the world's definition of success. We are bombarded by the culture of what means success. Reject the world's definition of success. Listen to Jesus and surrender your will to His will daily. And embrace that you are limited. And your limitations are a gift from God. You can't be everything someone else may be. You have limits. And those limits are a gift from God. And we need to recognize that. In John 17, 3, Jesus says, And this is eternal life. That they, he's talking to his Father, and he says that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you sent. This is to be intimacy with God. This is not pie in the sky, in the by and by, when you die, but genuinely knowing the only true God through Jesus Christ in the here and now, moment by moment, throughout our journey in life. So when God calls, He is not saying, where are you? because he knows you are wearing his yoke with him right in his presence right now and every step of the planned journey he has for each of us. He won't have to say, where are you? Thanks for listening. And consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com.